You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer, Graham, to your football weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman, and down in Texas, it's Graham Trainer. Week zero, Massey, we got Hawaii at an unfinished Vanderbilt Stadium. I am so excited for this, but we do have two ranked teams playing, so we'll get to that, get to that later. It's not all garbage. But still, it's it's going to be – It's here. It's going to be competitive – not competitive, excuse me. It's going to be football where things count. Preseason yes. doesn't count. Spring practice doesn't count. There, There's going to be two teams. They're going to line up against each other. They're going to kick the ball off, and we're going to have football on Saturday night. And then Labor Day weekend, we'll get to that next week. But, woo, pretty good slate. Not bad. Not bad for oh, your yeah. viewership pleasure. Oh, yeah. Um, in lieu of, in, in, uh, excuse me, what am I trying to say? Because we started talking about college football, I think we just start talking about college football and we'll do the huddle a little bit later in the show. Yeah. Or is there any, uh, do we want to just, are we, are we sunsetting the bison goring? Is it, oh, let's do that next week. Kids are back in school. Are all the people with kids are usually dumber. No, sorry. People without kids are usually dumber than people with kids. And I will, that's not true. That's not, you know, me, you know, you know exactly who I am. That's do you think do you think kids going back to school and maybe some idiot like couples go out? You think there's a potential for a, a spike or we just we're just we're just hanging it up? No, we're not. We're not going to hang it up. All right. So this is a, okay. if you live in a tourist town, you might be aware of this season. But the season around here is called the newlyweds and nearly deads. It's the retiree. When all the kids go back to school, the 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 retirees come out they're they're more prevalent Brandies. here in Jackson and the newlyweds the people that just got married are a little more prevalent in Jackson i think that's a um that slice of the population still has a pretty good chance of taking a bison horn to the abdomen they do the well, the problem is the the newlyweds they spend a lot of time indoors you know yep, what i'm saying yep that's the, gra- that tends the to grampies happen. the gr- the grampies take a lot of naps so i'm a little i'm a little worried we're not going to see any any movement but i will i'll stay positive okay yeah we're positive. at two and a half the over under was 4.25 it's been one of those years where people have been safe now i traveled through yellowstone uh last weekend we went camping oh uh, went over to cody then up to cook city and then back down through yellowstone and people were pr- i didn't see anybody acting a fool out there there was actually, you know what? I take that back. There was a couple with a table unfolded in this turnout parking lot. They were completely out of the way, and they were looking at the bison, which were maybe, maybe fifty feet in front of them, drinking a glass of wine, sitting at a table. I was like, "Get in, get in your vehicle! Come on, guys! Like, what are we doing? What are we doing here?" Although it seemed safe, it was one of those things where I was like, "Yes, the bison's laying down, but..." You know, the rut starting. I actually saw some bison, you know, giving female bison the sniff and, and then they do their little mm. grunt. So there was there was yeah. there was a lot of hormones flying up there in Yellowstone last weekend. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep uh let's keep it open. Long winded they were long winded th- way of saying we're not the, the fat lady yeah. hasn't sung yet. That's fair. The fat bison hasn't sung. Maybe they were debating like park ranger DUI like actually like driving with an open container versus goring like what is worse you know well you're, you're Physical dealing harm 
time and time in the in the uh, national park clink. That's a good point because you're messing with the feds if you're driving all drunk up there in Yellowstone. Right, right. So maybe, in fact, here's the story. I just saw a snippet in time and took it out of context. Those guys were sitting there drinking wine way before the Buffalo got there. The Buffalo were crashing their party. Now they can't Ooh. drive like Ranger. I'm drunk. I was here before the Buffalo. It was our land before theirs. Yeah. I yeah. Guess. Stuff like I, that. I, you know, <laughs> that, that argument, that argument's been done before. Yikes. All right. All right. Back to sports, back to sports. So yeah, uh, we're going to f- wrap that up on Labor Day. Maybe next weekend, maybe the weekend after that. We'll give it to a Monday. We'll give it to a solid Monday. Monday at, at 11.59 on Labor Day, the, the the clock officially expires. Now, let's get back. Might have a, a live, you know, live podcast shows are all the rage. Might have a, a live podcast show. I might be in studio. Well, we'll don't see. tease the listeners now. We, we've well, put that up to well. a solid maybe. Th- this is the highest chance in a long time that you've been able to get in the room live. It's true. we got a... The nuptials of one John McCarthy, the Burr. Uh, I think he, he. I did a show with him a long time ago about the Steelers and Pittsburgh sports, and pr- pretty solid, pretty solid, pretty solid uh, guy on the airwaves. Yeah, he knows his things. He knows his sports. And we set our fantasy football draft. He's a part of that. And uh, how, how'd your team turn out? I think mine's garbage. Okay. Yeah, I think mine's pretty bad. How about yours? That's fine. I've got Bijan. Got my UT boy. I'm happy. Well, my my favorite picks are Patrick Mahomes and Justin Tucker and Jamar Chase. I'm really going to ride a those. A kicker is one of your favorite picks. Yeah, yeah. That okay. guy is All right. now money. Says everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No one gives – no one Top cares about defending him. No Patrick one? Mahomes, Justin Tucker, and Jamar Chase. Yeah, yeah. People underrate it. People underrate it. Okay. Kickers, kickers are underrated, yeah. Let's go, let's go into college football. Now, I, I kind of wanted – I have – uh, nine talking points here, and you have a couple, Ooh. so let's round it out to uh, 13 kind of pre-game or preseason college football storylines that you would like to follow throughout the rest of the year. If you just want to sound smart at a co- – well, not sound smart. If you want to have an input at a cocktail party and you don't know anything about college football, just mention one of these things that we're going to come up and be like, yo, how about uh, Georgia going for three national titles? And that's all you got to say. That's kind of the talking points that I wanted to agree up, bring up and then have us bounce some uh, ideas off what one another. What say you, Graham? No, I like it. And then somebody says, well, I don't think Stetson Bennett can win three in a row. And you say, he's a Los Angeles Ram now, mister. So – Moving on. Yeah, don't, yeah, do stuff like that. You know, yeah. just uh, the surface area of what we're going to touch on. I wrote down, yeah, this is kind of similar. I wrote down, the, I found my favorite top 20 college football games of the season as well. Oh, really? Like, you have 20 games listed? Yeah, 20, game, 20 most important college football games of the season uh, from starting on Labor Day, 9-3, all the way until 11-25. Whoa, I think I can guess. I think I can guess some of those. So when we get there, let me just rattle off yeah, some off the top of my head. All right, let's let's lead with the Georgia Bulldogs. The Georgia Bulldogs are going for the first three-peat since Minnesota did it back in 1934 to 1936. I don't think I have those oh, yeah. numbers right because that's only two years. That was uh, when Oppenheimer was working on uh, nuclear physics. Yeah, I'm sure there was a level playing field back then. Um, Georgia going into this year, they have a cakewalk out of a schedule. They're their 61st ranked strength of schedule out of 133 teams. They're the 13th easiest schedule in the SEC out of the four team. 
Their hardest game will be Tennessee on the road. Their non-conference schedule includes Tennessee Martin, Ball State, UAB, and at Georgia Tech. They only play two teams out of the SEC West. That's Ole Miss and Auburn. Auburn is trash, but they might be feisty with Hugh Freeze. I'm telling you, keep your eye on Hugh Freeze. Now, what's what's your opinion on Georgia's and their what is perceived to be a cakewalk to the SEC Championship in Atlanta this year, trainer? It does seem that way. I mean, yeah, like you said, they play at Auburn pretty early on. New quarterback, kind of, you know, young guy. What's his name? Peck? I don't, I, pay I, don't I don't even want to know. A couple of weeks ago. And now, yeah, well, so that's going to be obviously a new a new era at quarterback. Um, it's kind of like the San Francisco 49ers. I feel like the Giants are the Niners. They, I mean, the Giants. The, the Georgia, the Bulldogs, are the Niners. Mm-hmm. Where they can maybe plug and play a, a decent quarterback like a Purdy is kind of like a Stetson Bennett. So this guy comes in if he's – can throw the ball a little further and win a game that's good for them uh at tennessee and that that's the that's the big one at tennessee yeah and that one is all the way in november november 18th so uh yeah the at auburn game start uh to start with hugh freeze i do believe that is a road test early on now with with georgia part of me um just thinks that they've reached a point in their dominance where there's like a bell curve, right? So you, or maybe it's not a bell curve, but there's some, put it on the graph where you have to prove yourself as you go up and you have to prove yourself by scheduling big games and big non-conference games. And then you get to an acceptance level of dominance like Georgia is right now. Everyone accepts that Georgia is the top tier team in football. So they don't have to play, they don't have to test themselves in non-conference games anymore. Now the SEC East is, is nothing to, to like fall asleep about, but still like Georgia doesn't really have to play anybody to convince the voters and the public in general that they are a good team and are capable of winning a national title. So therefore they've reached that stage, that little circle in the pie chart or whatever. What are the ellipse charts? What are the three circles and they overlap and then they all the Olympics, over- the Olympic rings. Yes. The Olympic ring chart. They've reached that part the of Venn the diagram? chart, the Venn diagram that says you're good yeah. enough. Or you don't have to prove yourself. Yeah. Just get to the end of the season. If you're probably going to be undefeated, then guess what? You're going to be in. Yeah, that's fair. And I mean, honestly, like we did. Yeah. The Carson game, Beck. The game. Carson Beck's their quarterback. Carson Beck. I think they could still lose, you know, two regular season games. Uh, one against a Western team. Let's just say hypothetically they lose those games uh, against Auburn and Tennessee. They can lose one East, one West game. Tennessee could have two losses in the SEC. They, Georgia still goes to the SEC title game in Atlanta, and they still go to the college football playoffs. So it's hard for me to imagine them not making the playoff unless they lose more than two. Fair. 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 I mean, yeah. but they – I don't know. It's going to be weird. It's, if I don't see them losing two. If Georgia loses two, no. I'm, I'm going to be absolutely shocked. Right. Did you want to bring up one of your – or want to keep going on my list? One of your points? Yeah, I'm sure some of them overlap. I have three. Reggie Reggie Bush is filing for defamation of character lawsuit oh, against the, well, for the Yes, yes. Yeah. He well, this is part of my huddle. Let just go after him, Reggie Bush. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to stop you. Well, I was, no, we'll save no save for the huddle. That was just one of mine. My this is not like actually like anything about play on the field. That's more of the games I've written down. So yeah, go to your next one. All right. Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley. Caleb Williams is the return is returning back to Un- University of Southern California with head coach Lincoln Riley. He won the Heisman last year. He has the chance to go back-to-back in the Heisman. Now, the only way, in my opinion, that he's going to be able to do this 
is by being like being significantly better statistically, or he's going to have to win meaningful games, and that probably includes a Pac-12 championship. Correct, and beating Utah, which they get to host this time because Utah took them out of the out of the mix. Uh, the last game of the was that the Pac-12 championship against Utah that they lost. They did lose to so. Utah in the Pac-12 yeah. championship, and I'm trying to remember if they have another loss. That allowed, that allowed TCU to still – yeah, TCU only had one loss uh, when they lost to Kansas State in the Big 12 title. So that was the USC versus TCU argument at the end of the year. And USC uh, obviously had the pole position to take, but they lost to Utah. Now, USC, looking at their schedule, they have a pretty e- – well, they, they play on Saturday, tomorrow, if you're time traveling with us. They play San Jose State, but September they don't play really anybody. You get to middle of October and you see Notre Dame, Utah, back-to-back weekends. And then in November they have a brutal schedule of going Washington, Oregon, or at Oregon in Eugene, and then going down and seeing Chip Kelly in at UCLA. By going down, I mean, don't they play the same stadium? I don't know where USC is versus UCLA. Are they in the same? They're in the same town, but they're a significant distance apart. Coliseum is USC and Compton and US or sorry UCLA plays at the Rose Bowl and um, why am I why am I blanking on this? Um, well, they play at home against UCLA and Chip Kelly, so they have a brutal back end of the schedule. I wouldn't be surprised if you see USC up higher in the ranks earlier in the year until they have to get into the meat of their schedule in November. Yeah, the Ro- the Rose Bowl that is in uh-oh, Pasadena. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, Leia, Leia, Leia. I know I screwed it up. Okay, yeah, I didn't get it right. Yeah, jeez, harsh critic, Leia. Le- <laughs> Curse the dog is barking. All right, between barks, Leia. Let me get this in. This is Texas and Oklahoma's point number three. Texas and Oklahoma's swan song in the Big Twelve. How do you see Texas and Oklahoma? faring this year as in their last year in the big 12 you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get leia to stop interrupting all right don't worry we'll just edit all that part out all right leia is leia is in the crate chewing on a stick what do you think about texas and oklahoma in their last year of the big 12 this is what you have when you have a this is what what happens when you have a smart dog who hears you mess up not knowing that the bros bowl is in pasadena Anyway, speaking of Dallas, uh, uh, that game is always a back and forth uh, barn burner. I don't think it'll be any different this year. Obviously, OU, I don't think has, you know, somehow formed a a great defense by any means. I don't know exactly who their quarterback is these days. Um, But it's the same guy from um, solid back and forth. What do you mean back and forth? You were talking about the game or their seasons? Oh, sorry, the game, the game itself. I don't have OU even finishing in the, you know, the top two of the division. I mean, the conference. Yeah, in fact, I think that OU, if they're looking at an eight-game winning, like a winning eight games this year, I think that might be success in Britt Venable's eyes. Now, their quarterback is from, is from, like, a power five team. Anyway, let's let's move on. I th- what about Texas? How do you think Texas is going to do in their last year of the Big 12? The game itself, yeah, the game itself, Barmer, is what I meant by back and forth. I think, yeah, I think OU will finish fourth behind Texas, Texas Tech, and Kansas State. Texas, yeah, I have them coming out of the Big 12. Um, I had Kansas State beating them, but I, I've changed my mind. I feel like they have the better team, 
And yeah, they're going to have a good season. I'm not being overly optimistic. I feel like Texas has a very good chance to make the playoff this year. All right. We're going to talk about it. It's what everybody wants to know. What do you think about the Alabama QB situation going on in Tuscaloosa? Jalen Monroe is looks like he's set to be the starter. Ty Simpson is a freshman coming from a from Tennessee, not well, Tennessee high school, high school. And then we have a transfer from Notre Dame, Tyler Buckner, who came over after Tommy Reese convinced him to. Right. Tommy Reese was the former offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, and now he is such at Alabama. Tommy Reese loves running the ball, and he loves tight ends. I think the Alabama QB situation is going to be more of the game manager, Greg McElroy, A.J. McCarron type role, although A.J. could sling it, but unless like a Tua and, uh, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking, Mac Jones type role where they were slinging around the yard. Yeah, J- Jalen Hurts, McElroy. Not, Jalen Hurts I mean, wasn't a great, away. great passer I mean, to Alabama. Almost said Jalen Hurts, but then I was like, you know, he was pretty good at running it. No, he only developed passing when he went and talked to Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma for a season. Yeah, I mean, if he can be the poor man's version of that, at least throwing the ball. Um, the three-headed monster here, I feel like it's going to kind of – it's going to be a problem for him. And I feel like UT at Alabama on September 9th, is definitely penciled as a potential loss for Alabama early on in the season. And Texas could definitely take, you know, I mean, last year without viewers getting hurt and kind of a second half collapse, I feel like Texas had that game, although it was in Austin, I could see them winning this game in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Also, Gunslinger, Bryce Young. not dialed. Yeah. And they had Bryce Young to save them. Yeah. They had Bryce Young won that game for him. And the fact that Quentin Ewers got just demolished on one of, I forgot what play it was but it was early he got lit up um I think it I think just it, without a quarterback it's gonna have to be the system of old now the the offensive line has a true freshman battle going on at the left tackle position otherwise they're pretty veteran up front their defense their secondary seems to be pretty veteran as well as well as their defensive front so Alabama's returning a lot of talent but not in the ever-important QB position. So you might see the Alabama of old where they're, you know, running the ball and relying on their defense to uh, hold the team to under, you know, 21 points. I don't know if you can do that in this I mean, this do you, football. How do you, well, yeah, how do you feel about Alabama's everybody but the quarterback position? Um, position I, this, this, is, this, is, this feels like an Alabama season of the 2010s teens. Right. Not late teens, kind of early early teens where they're, they're gonna have to have the ball bounce their way they're gonna have to have calls go their way they're gonna have a bunch of random bits of lucky breaks in order to make their way to the college football playoff they're gonna have to beat a mean lsu team a very veteran um old miss mississippi state texas a&m has all the talent but they don't have the coach but they do have bobby petrino now we'll mention later you know they have a whole they have a lot of stumbling blocks, and I wouldn't be surprised if you're looking at a two-loss Alabama team at the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, the Texas game, they have to – they host LSU, but that's not until November, and you said there's other games in between. So, no, I mean, I feel like they'll figure it out, but it's kind of – Tennessee. It's kind of tougher. Yeah, Tennessee. It's kind of tough for them to have a tough home matchup like Texas so early with this not figured out yet. Yeah. I, I – I'm going to be paying more close attention to Alabama this year because there are going to be games 
that are so much more consequential, and you're going to have to be like really locked in to really know what's going on. Because otherwise, you just pay attention to the machine that has been Alabama football over the years. Yeah, hell, I'll just say it. UT is going to win in Alabama. Don't you do it? Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm because because the, at least if, if at the at the very best, it's a uh, we get the Texas back, folks, and then they collapse. And the very worst, oh, we yeah, get yeah. to have a new team in the college football playoff. So you know, win win. <laughs> All right. We mentioned it earlier, but Iowa's 25 points a game benchmark. Have you? Do you remember me talking about this? Yeah, uh, Coach, who's Ferentz, who's been there for like a million years, he's got some sort of new incentive where he has to score 25 points a game or he's out. Is that correct? Or average? Well, the head coach, Kirk Ferentz's son, Brian, is the oh, offensive Brian's coordinator. Brian. And oh, they, that's right. somebody like the athletic director gave him – uh, just a Ultimatum. benchmark said you had to score 25 points a game or else kind of like uh, Billy Bob Thornton and Friday Night Lights were like, you know, if you lose a game, there'll be trouble. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like wouldn't that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Wouldn't just... be a good deal for you. Yeah. <laughs> Walmart parking lot. Yeah. Texas football y'all. All right. Wisconsin with Luke Fickle. Their new offense is an air raid offense. Are we ready to see this out of Wisconsin? Are they ready for that type of change? I think they need the change. I mean, if they want to, like, you know, put themselves in some position that's going to make them better than that that division in Iowa, uh, they got to shake things up and and change and be more in line with like what Ohio State's done, you know, year after year for a while. And and obviously Michigan's kind of tacked on having a more exciting offense the last few years under Harbaugh. So I like. Wisconsin, Iowa, going back and forth. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll just go ahead and say it. I'm gonna audit. I'm, I audited my picks from the from the show two weeks ago. I got Michigan over Iowa in the title game. I have Iowa beating Wisconsin and uh, Wisconsin not making it. So I, I believe in Brian. I believe in Brian. Well, my my follow up question was, can they play spoiler? <laughs> so you don't think so? I think Wisconsin has the ability to play spoil spoiler and come out of they're in the, in the West, game. right? Yeah, and they might be able to play spoiler to Penn okay. State, Ohio State, or Michigan, whoever makes it there. I think it's going to be Ohio State. Why? Because I don't know if Michigan – I still can never believe in Michigan. I don't know why Why I think that, but whatever. I think they have the chance to. Wisconsin does. I don't predict that they do. But under Luke Fickle, you can have success, and that uh, Sonny Dykes taught us that last year with TCU. You can have immediate success in year one as a head coach in college football, especially the way the transfer portal is shaped now, that I think – Luke Fickle might have these guys ready to play and make a run at this title mm-hmm. this early on. Now, if they don't make the title, is that a failure? No. Wisconsin just has to take some steps because they were absolute garbage last year. They were medium garbage. They were like warm garbage the last five years, but they were hot garbage last year. So right. it's time for them to take a step forward, and Luke Fickle is that guy, in my opinion. And I feel like they're always going to, I mean, it's Wisconsin, the cheese, cheese fed Midwestern boys, they're always going to be competitive or have just as good of a front seven. They're going to be able to run the ball too. Like there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, not only and they- obviously offensive line is always amazing. So I feel like they're probably going to, uh, I definitely see them playing spoiler and getting to the big, big 10 title game and potentially, yeah, beating a team. Uh, Luke Fickle was a great hire. And I think that's going to do a lot of, I just, I guess the first year of that is kind of hard for me to like really grasp onto right away. All right, they brought in over uh, UNC offense coordinator Phil Longo. He was coaching a guy named Drake May last year, and their stud mm-hmm. running back Brandon Allen, or Braylon Allen, is going to be a force as well. Um, 
I'll go through these quick, these last three. Michael Penix is at Washington. Everybody mm-hmm. be aware of Michael Penix. He's really good, and he plays he for really Washington. Uh, we talked about this extensively, but Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino are head coach and offensive coordinator at Texas A&M, and no one knows who's going to be calling the plays. Still no? I thought Petrino, Petrino's not been given the baton. No. Officially. No, no. not officially. Okay. Jimbo is still playing All coy. Right. All right. This is probably the most significant one. There's a new first down r- rule in college football. Well, so, sorry, A&M, that sounds a lot like an older version of McCarthy and um, uh, Kellen, Kellen Moore situation, so it's oh, not going to go well. That's not going to go well. In my opinion. Yeah, speaking of te- uh, underachieving Texas football teams. Okay, go ahead. First down rule. The clock will not stop after a first down in college football unless it is two minutes to go in each half. That is going to speed up mm-hmm. the game quite a bit, and it's going to really diminish the ability to have comebacks. True. Yeah. And it's always, it's going to be weird to watch that. I feel like that's just been for so long saying, Oh, they got a first down. They, they can hustle up, get the playoff, but that, that damn clock is still run. That's crazy. That's like, that's as big of a jarring change as like the pitch clock in baseball. I mean, it's something I've never, it's something you've never seen watching a sport for, you know, 30 years. Yeah. And I, th- there does not, there did not seem to be a demand for it either. Like I didn't hear anybody complaining that football was lasting too long. I don't, and if they did, it, then I don't want yeah. to be friends with them. Right. So, and yeah. I love, I love that aspect about college football. It's like, okay, you get rewarded first down, like set the ball, go. I remember when they changed that, when they set the ball, they wound the clock and that sped things up a little bit, but not having a little stoppage in play after a first down, that seems, that seems like one cool aspect of the game. And also getting one foot down, I think that's pretty sick too. Those two aspects of the game. I really like about college football. I'm sorry to see one go. So one foot down, still around. Yep. I feel like this is just, they're making, that'll be gone in two years. They're making these small little tweaks like they are with the conference realignment to be just as much like a mirror of pro football as as possible, you know, and hopefully eventually pro football adopts their overtime. Yeah. And college football gets to keep their overtime. They don't adopt uh, the NFLs. Okay. You, do you know what happens in college football overtime now? Do you remember that? That's changed. The two-point conversions. Um, after the after second overtime. Second overtime, yeah. It was the most perfect system, and then they destroyed it. Destroyed it. Okay. All right. Shoot. What Do you have anything else, little storylines for the uh, the year going forward, or would you like to talk about this this weekend slate? Yeah, I mean, there's an early one. The uh, the whole LSU uh, defensive tackle, one of their star players, uh, Mason Smith, is suspended for the season opener against Florida State after a 2021 autograph signing that occurred literally weeks before the beginning beta version, beta testing of the NIL is just another, you know, pity. I mean, pity, petty. It's, I have a, I have, don't have, I have no pity for the, I have pity for him, not for the NCAA, a petty move by the NCAA to do something like this again, which is just super lame as they always find ways to audit and go back like the IRS and figure out something that pisses them off from three or four years ago. Yes. So the NCAA really lost all enforcement power for the last five years or something. Now, Charlie Baker got hired, what, last year or two years ago? He's a former governor of Massachusetts, and now he's the head of the NCAA and he's just going back, and he kept receipts. It's so weird that they all of a sudden, they have not been around, they've not been significant in so long, and all of a sudden he becomes the czar of the NCAA or whatever it's called, 
and he just finds something from two years ago and says, no, you're going to serve that punishment in the biggest opening matchup of the weekend, right. and that is LSU versus FSU, which I think is in Orlando. But, yes. Um, it's just the old way of the NCAA doing it. Like I've said this story many times. I had a guy I played uh, high school sports with who got his three-game suspension for su- accepting a ride from an Alabama booster to a football game. He was in eighth grade. <laughs> he was in eighth grade when he what, received what was he a thinking, ride. Massey? Why was he more mature? Why was he not more mature than that? Yeah, and the guy, <laughs> it was, not only was an Alabama booster, it was his best friend's dad. They got a ride to the high school game together. So the NCAA is so weird that they're going back to that, like you said, IRS model, and they just look two years ago in the past, and they say, well, it was almost legal, and it was two weeks later it was legal, and now – well, but it was illegal at the time. You can't make money off your name, image, and likeness. And he's so you're suspended two years later. I hate it. I hate the NCAA and I hate the fact that I have to spend energy hating them again since they haven't been around in a couple of years. So you said this guy was the governor of Mass? Is it ba- Baker? Yeah. Well, well, Charlie Baker. Yeah, so he formerly had a government job, government job, IRS. It all makes sense. They like they like to keep this mm. stupid structure that's just it, – it's, it's a no-fun police. And I'm guessing – I don't understand how he, a job interview happens between a governor and being the, the um, commissioner of the NCAA. Like, what, what are the pre-qualifications that, like, align? Is it like, I know Roger Goodell and I'm from Massachusetts? Is that – like, what – it makes no sense. The politics and senators and – governors and mayors being in college football. It blows well, save, yeah, Saban went to D.C. only last month. So mm-hmm. it's with they need some legislation. All right, trainer, uh, do you want to talk about this weekend slate or do you have another couple of storylines built up for college football? No, that's it. This week's slate. All right, Navy, the, the ones I've written down is San Jose State at USC. USC is favored by 30 and a half points with the over under being 66 and a half. I think USC is probably going to cover this. San Jose State, the Spartans versus the Trojans. Another another clash war from the past. Of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. 30 and a half points. San Jose State, know nothing about them. This is at the Coliseum. And God, 80 degrees. That sounds great. Yeah, USC is going to cover it 100%. Okay, well, the the one that well everyone should be talking about is Navy versus Notre Dame in Dublin. We would like to assume that Notre Dame is the home team here since they are the Fighting Irish, but I'm not sure how, how that lands there, you know. Um, they do have Sam Hartman, the transfer from Wake Forest. Yeah. Where did I write? Oh, Notre Dame is favored by 20.5 points over under 49.5. I'm going to take Navy to cover and the under – it's going to be 75% chance of rain on Saturday over there in Dublin. I see Navy running the ball a lot and them not having a lot of success through the air with Sam Hartman and how hard it's going to be raining. Okay, okay. I think I'm going to go I'm going to go Notre Dame to cover and I think it'll be 22 to 0 Notre Dame. And I like the under as well. All right, all right. There you go. Yeah. Well, what he else? Can, he could throw in the rain. Wake Forest, there's, you know, winds of sail and there's a little, little, little showers. And there's some hurricanes out there in Carolina. Sure. Sure. Yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. All right. You're right. All right. Talk to me. Uh, any other games you want to cover before getting into the huddle? No, no, no. I had the. Do you, you want to go through the list real quick? <clears throat> yeah, real quick. 
All right, I'll be quick. All right. So the, the top 20 games, LSU at Florida State, we talked about that. UT at Alabama. Oh, that's happening next that. weekend, bro. That's happening next weekend. Uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Florida State, Clemson, and oh, Penn oh, State, oh, and oh, Iowa. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. I didn't follow. You're going to talk about the 20 most college, most important college yeah, football sorry. games this year. Yes. All right. What were, your, what were your leading off ones, FSU, LSU? LSU, LSU and Florida State in Orlando, UT yep. at Bama, uh, yep. Ohio State, Notre Dame, Florida State, that's Clemson. An, that's an, let's not list them off there. Ohio State, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, when did they play? They should have an identity at that point behind Sam Hartman. Ohio State, we still don't know who their quarterback is. Maybe there's still a question. But Ohio State just have seemed to pluck quarterbacks from all parts of the country, and they have immediate success. Yeah, I thought it was uh, McCord. I thought he was like kind of running away with it. Oh, is he? wrong. I no, got, no, you're right. You're right. There is some sort of uh, controversy or uh, there's a competition going on that I did not see coming. So I'm, I don't think Notre Dame has a chance because I don't think Notre Dame's for real because I never think Notre Dame's for real. They didn't, couldn't even win with Brian Kelly. So I don't see them beating Ohio State, who I, got, who I have winning the Big Ten this year. Now, where are they playing at? The Notre Dame game? Yeah. I believe, I believe it's in South Bend. Oh, that changes that changes things a little bit. Okay, whatever. Who else you got? I just kind of I just kind of list these out, so I probably should have put like where they're actually at. We don't have to pick them right now. It's more of just like a this is what we have. We have some good stuff to look forward to. Okay, all right. Well, I'll get less. I'll get less out of the weeds. I got excited. Give me the next one. <laughs> all right. Florida State, Clemson. Yes. Penn State, Iowa. That's going to dictate. That's going to dictate who dominates the ACC this year. Yeah. Florida yeah. State and Clemson. Now we have to go back and do something and uh, correct ourselves, there are no divisions in the ACC this year, so there is a chance that Florida State and Clemson play twice this year, once in the regular correct. season, once for the ACC ch uh, championship. So the regular season game is going to dictate a lot going into that ACC championship game. Continue. Yeah. This one's uh, – these are – yeah, th these are all the, – yeah, nine twenty three, so September 23rd. Penn State at Iowa. I kind of snuck this one mm -hmm. in as like maybe the 20th ranked one because it'll see – It'll show if Iowa is really something, and if Penn State loses on the road, they're not, not really in Iowa. They're probably not going to compete in terms of winning that division against uh, Michigan and Ohio State. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of hype around Penn State, and people are saying this might be the year they're going to get over the hurdle of beating Michigan and Ohio State. I still don't see it with first-year quarterback, but apparently he is. If he's as advertised, then those uh, the regular powerhouses, Michigan and Ohio State, have a long, uh, tougher road, let's say. Yeah. Uh, September 24th, Ohio State at Wisconsin. We talked about Wisconsin playing spoiler. Could definitely see them winning that game, especially if there's still a controversy or QBs not you know set for yeah. Ohio State. And you got to think that their defense, they have players, they just don't have a great mentality. So Wisconsin might be able to control them a little bit more. All right. Yeah. UT and OU in Dallas on 10-7. Uh, talked about that. Oregon at Washington. Big, Big game. game. Big game. That is, that is for the Pac-12 North. Michael Penix, Oregon is yep. looking to make a run at this thing in the final year of the Pac-12 existence. Big, big game when it comes to Oregon-Washington. Very late in the season, right? It's usually in November. This one's um, – no, this one's earlier. This one's 10-14. Oh, so okay. 14th. All right. I might have that mixed up. All right. Penn State at Iowa – Penn State at Ohio State. Yes. Iowa State is not on this list. Uh, that one's big as well to see if Penn State – obviously, if they've, have, if they've you know, won their first – 
X amount of weeks. I guess that would be like week seven-ish, eight, and they are undefeated going into Ohio State. Ohio State's still undefeated. That'll be exciting on 10-21. Yep, yep. Um, see if Penn State's for real. Utah at USC, the rematch of the Pac-12 championship. USC gets to host Utah for that one. That's 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 a big uh big pack. I think the Pac-12 still has divisions. That's a big Pac-12 South. They do, they do. How do uh, they play? Is, how yeah, do they play probably... each other in the Pac-12 championship? Then do we're dumb. Is Leia division? barking? Is Leia barking? We sound dumb. She made she made a little little peep. No, Utah Utah beat Oregon. USC and Utah played late. That's right. That's right. You yeah, you're correct. Um. Same weekend, 10-21, Tennessee at Alabama. That's the Milton Utah at who knows what quarterback Alabama's playing at that point game. I'm sorry. I was stuck. What, what did you say about Alabama? Tennessee at Alabama. Yeah, Will that's they have a big game. by then. Um, 10-21. Joe Milton, Joe Milton can, and Josh Heupel, oh boy, Joe Milton has a rocket arm. Hopefully the defensive, uh, the new defensive coordinator in Alabama, uh, Oh my gosh! I can't believe he's he's new this year. He's from Miami. Help me out, Kevin Steele. Hopefully, he gets that secondary ready to go because Joe Milton can't light it up. Well, unproven, but every every indication says that he's a good quarterback. He's like thirty years old. And then, uh, oh, it must be nice. Uh, November fourth, big weekend: Notre Dame at Clemson. Really? Yeah. That'll be an interesting uh, who's the best of the fledgling ACC, although Notre Dame is independent, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, that'll, that's that'll big be for big Clemson. That's big for Clemson, too. Yeah, it is. Washington at USC that weekend as well. Penix oh, versus yep. uh, Caleb, maybe a Heisman Heisman game right Ooh, there. I like that a lot. LSU Bama, as you know. First weekend of November. Kansas State. Alabama, Texas, on, the, Alabama on the road this year, too, right? In yeah. Baton Rouge. That's no, gonna be no, this one's this one's in Bama. That's gonna be that's gonna be like the old LSU games. It's gonna the SEC West is gonna be right. bogged down in the trenches this year. Um, okay, yeah, obviously big reason. See who comes out of the West to compete against Georgia. And I guess maybe, you know, is it is Jalen McDaniels, right? LSU quarterback. Like yeah, see if he's he's the real deal. Yeah. He sh- he should be, but we you know, you never know with LSU quarterbacks. Yeah. And if you can elevate LSU on the road to win that game. Um, L- yeah, Kansas State in Austin at UT. Yep. That'll be a big, big twelve, big, big twelve implications game. Circle that. USC, USC at Oregon, and Michigan at Penn State. 11-11 weekend. Yeah, I think Michigan goes. Penn State, someone Ohio State. I think they all. There's three weekends in a row. There's a they have a three, basically a three, game. Uh, season Michigan does Michigan and Georgia right. both have soft schedules Georgia Tennessee Clemson at UNC and then Ohio State at Georgia Michigan. at Tennessee yeah I think Georgia's probably going to route Tennessee I think they're that good they could they could yeah I don't know if Tennessee has any sort of defense uh Clemson at UNC I put that one in to see if UNC just to give them a little love I know they're like the fourth considered the sorry third third best team because Notre Dame continues to be independent Ohio State at Michigan to yep. finish off the season. So, obviously, um, that game will be huge. And maybe there are, again, two Big Ten teams in the com- college football playoff. Michigan has got Penn State on November the 11th, Maryland, which are not a bad team, on the 18th, and then Ohio State on the 25th. That's their whole That's their whole schedule this year. Maybe Nebraska in September, but 
East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, Michigan State, Purdue. Like that's – what's that? That's two, four, six, eight, eight and oh going into – nine and oh going into uh, Penn mm-hmm. State. So Michigan will have that – I mean, they've earned it. They'll have that respect, and the college football playoff committee will keep them highly ranked. They better not slip up between Penn State and Ohio State, though. Maryland, circle that as a sleeper upset. All right, trainer. We we've we, that was good. That was good college football preview talk. I like that. Mm-hmm. It was great. So let's let's get into the huddle with the time remaining. Now we've covered a couple of my topics, but the huddle is the good news of the week, the critical number of the week, something you are stuck on your quote slash question of the week, and then your goat of the week, trainer. I'm going to kick it to you. What is your good news of the week? Well, it's felt a little better before the Rangers blew a game to the Twins, but I have the Rangers going now three and eight in their last ten games. Uh, they lost they lost six in a row after I got cocky last week. Yeah. They still have a one game lead over the not the Astros, Massey, but the Mariners. The Mariners have been hot as Texas summer coming up behind the Astros, taking uh, leapfrogging them. They play uh, four huge games against Minnesota here who are leading the AL central. Uh, and then they also have seven games left against the Mariners. The Rangers do. So a lot of baseball to be played to see whether or not they can hang on to the AL West. How, how are they on. doing in said AL West? Oh, they're leading still. There's they're leading by one, even with all that, that three and eight um, stretch of games. Yeah. Weren't they leading? How much were they leading by six? And you were like, Oh yeah. Shoe in shoe in for the playoffs. No, no, no. It was like, I thought three. I heard the like, word shoe in. Luckily, not not well. Shoe in, yeah, they could definitely be a. They could blow it. I think that they, they can blow it. Yes, they can always blow it for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Trainer, you convinced me. They can. I told you, dude. I told you that you. It sounded like hope. You were talking, and I was like, "Oh my god, he's got hope." Hope is a very dangerous thing. There is hope. There's hope that you can go three and eight. Hope is other teams. The Mariners were so bad that they went on a streak of winning like seven or eight games in a row, and they're all, and they only got to within one game. The Astros got swept and also have been just as bad, sputtering around. So luckily, we've been piss poor, but the other teams were further back, or they've also played poorly as well. I'm just gonna quote Morgan Friedman, Red in Shawshank Redemption: <laughs> "Hope is a dangerous thing, trainer." All right, my good news of the week, we touched on a little bit. Reggie Bush is suing the NCAA. Why? Because they said he was in a pay-for-play scheme, which, in fact, he received some improper benefits, but now, which are legal, they should give him back his Heisman. He should sue them for all the defamation that he can, get all the money, and then have all the money stacked there on the table and say, or you can give him a Heisman trophy back. That's the way he's yeah, going to he, get his back. He might as well. I mean, they literally on Wendy's commercials, he makes a joke about, like, I want that back or something. They're like, what do you mean? He's like, that chicken sandwich. It's like, wink, yeah. wink. Yeah. It's one of the most famous kind of snub stories there when it comes to the Heisman Trophy. Actually, the most famous. I mean, Johnny Manziel still has possession of his Heisman Trophy, and there was an hour-long documentary of him signing footballs and sta- pictures of stacks of cash in hotel rooms. Like, what? What? That's yeah, silly. I, I guess it's because, it yeah, it happened, and he won the Heisman 04, 05. It's like it just buried in the history, and he, I'm glad he's – Digging it back up, and it shows that Hollywood's corrupt. Also, I also like how he gracefully said goodbye to the Heisman, didn't make a big deal about it. But yeah. once it all shook out and how backwards it is, he was like, okay, I need that back. I need, I need you to go ahead and give me that back. Y'all are full of it. Give me it back. Um, give me your critical number of the week, trainer. 607. 
Um, that is, I have no idea. What, what, what the hell is that? You shouldn't. You should not. This is the number of pass attempts Seattle uh, Seahawks quarterback Geno Smith had last season. Mm-hmm. Why does this matter, Massey? You're looking like, Graham, why did you bring this up? Yeah, Geno well, Smith, got it. Really, really mediocre quarterback. pass attempts than NFC West QB Trey Lance, quote-unquote QB Trey Lance, had in high school, college, and pro combined so far. So and under any competition, Trey Lance has less under any, pass attempts yeah. than Geno Smith did less last season. Minus middle school when your when your buddy got in trouble. We we are so I've heard it a couple different things. Are we too quick to give up on Trey Lance? Well, and that's my, is this that's, is yeah, this go, the I'm worst? The, is this the worst pre-draft trade of all time? Is he the biggest bust? Be. And yeah, now he's. Um, oh, funny you should ask. And now, now he's the QB three in San Fran. He's got, he's gotten buried behind Sam Darnold, and who's the Dolphins, awful by the way. Who's awful? Who's Sam awful. Darnold's an awful quarterback. On his third or fourth team, uh, the Dolphins received the package that in turn got them Bradley Chubb, Jalen Waddle, and some guy named Tyreek Hill. Heard of him? And uh, Kyle Shanahan said, "Quote: Brock Purdy has to melt in practice to lose QB one job, and that would be not a QB one job lost to." Trey Lance, but to Sam Darnold, as we mentioned. Trey Lance had played one game in college because of COVID. COVID canceled, even, and he played it in the spring. It was kind of a showcase game. He went to South Dakota State? North Dakota yeah, State? Cr- no, yeah, South Dakota State. So he did not have a lot of body of work. He's got all the physical attributes you want in a quarterback. I don't know what's not working in San Francisco, but I think Bill Belichick pulled an all-time – uh, galaxy brain move when he said he liked Trey Lance and then Kyle Shanahan thought he had some insider knowledge and was actually placed there by Ernie Adams or something and said, oh, we got to go get this guy. Traded three first-round draft picks and got nothing. Got absolutely nothing out of Trey Lance. One, he got hurt. He was a starting quarterback last year. He lost one game in Chicago in a torrential downpour, and then he broke his ankle. So he has had an unfortunate <laughs> series of events really affect his career. I'm hesitant to call Trey Lance a bust, but no, I'm, I'm very confident in the fact that he might not play in the NFL much longer just because he was so highly touted and hasn't panned out. And when you do it that way, when you become from the first round and drop down to the backup QB role, that rarely happens. If you're a second, third round, fourth round, fifth round QB and nothing's expected of you – then you're given chance after chance after chance because you're like, oh, that's that's Drew Locke. Like, what has he ever done? He's he's a good locker room guy. Let's that's Case Keenum. He was pretty good at Missouri, but because he came first round and is dropping down, that seems for, to have QB sputter pretty quick. Career wise, and it's like we look at like Jordan Love. Jordan Love obviously got to sit under Aaron Rodgers for a few years. Hopefully, that's to his benefit because he's looked really good. We'll see if that actually pans out in the regular season, but there are a ton of like Blaine Gabbert's and Blake Bortles and those that try to go to a second team and maybe study under somebody that wants to actually teach them and not worry about losing their job to them. So if Trey Lance does get that opportunity, it's probably, it's rare. And if it does happen, it's, you know, he's, he's going to need to get traded somewhat soon. There's a lot of different teams that are apparently like looking into him. I'm sure it's going to take like a, maybe a third or fourth round pick at most. Um, But yeah, some of those picks that year, uh, that went after him, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Penny Sewell, Patrick Sertan, Devonta Smith, Justin Fields, Micah Parsons, Rashawn Slater. That's uh, those te- of, of those players, I know six made the Pro Bowl so far, and that's only 
It's only been two years. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, don't you hate history? All right, my critical game was the one-game suspension handed down to LSU defensive tackle Mason Smith, so we'll move on. Trainer, give me your stuck on this week. Oh, man. How much time do we have left? We have uh, 10 minutes. Okay, perfect. Because this one's tough, and I hate to break the news to you, Massey, but Swamp Kings, more like swamp crap. Oh, yeah. I saw the reviews, and it said the topics it didn't cover, and I was like, that's my whole reason to watch this. My whole reason Spoilers is to ahead. watch how Urban Meyer is an absolute terrible human being. Redemption story. Spoilers ahead, and I don't care. Uh I feel lied to by big Netflix. Uh, the Manziel one was solid. Mm-hmm. He's uh, untolds. They're hit or miss. The Malice in the Palace one was really good. Really I good. Um, this legit turned into a platform for Urban Meyer to save face and for Tebow to be nostalgic in his, his skinny joggers. So that's literally what I was hoping would not at all come up. And when I heard Urban Meyer said he did not want to be a part of it, I thought that was bad. I thought it was going to be but salacious. It turns out it was good. It was good if he did not be a part of it because they could have torn him a new one because they really skim over the, the dirty stuff, especially in the 08 season when there's like 40 players get arrested or whatnot. Um, the fact that he might have had a cure, yeah. killer on his team and he knew about it. The fact there might be yeah. a murderer on his team and he possibly knew about it. Yeah. Um, how about the Pouncey but Twins? But the murderer... And so the Pounds twins, they don't, they don't Cam do any, any of that. Just, just about their, just about how talented they are. Just and Paul Feinbaum gets third bill. He gets the third most screen time. Paul Feinbaum, Feinbaum rose on the coattails of Nick Saban. He owes everything. He owes everything that he has to Nick Saban. All right, there are some good parts though. All right, and his callers, Brandon's. and Paul Feinbaum and his callers. Nick Saban and, callers. and, and Paul Feinbaum's callers is the Pat. is the head and shoulders. What. Paul Feinbaum is standing on, which has made him millions of dollars. Anyway, so Brandon, I'm sorry. Brandon Seiler was a badass. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know about this guy. I didn't remember him. Badass lead, leader of the team, led by example. Loved him on the show. Uh, defensive player, I think a linebacker. Brandon Spikes. The best part of that was he admitted that they would uh, poop and pee. Radio edit on pictures of players they were going to play, uh, and this came up after they got destroyed by Georgia and the cocktail party in 2007 and the Georgia team like dance on the field in front of them. Yeah, that was sick. Brandon spikes also is obviously grabbing some dude's face mask and just shoving his fingers as far into his eye sockets as possible. Right. So that was good. They were pooping and peeing on people's pictures in the toilets. I love that. That's Uh, really weird. Prior to the 09 season before Tebow came back in the pep rally where he said he was coming back, he had a Freudian slip that I noticed. He said, I want to thank my players. And then they went on to, he said, my players, not my teammates, which I mm. thought was kind of interesting. Mm. And then the whole season was about, it's just Tebow's team. It's never our team. We're not a team anymore. That's when they started to unravel. That's weird. What That correlates with somebody else's beginning mm-hmm. of a dynasty, 2009, 2010. Oh, oh, that's when Nick Saban stepped on Tim Tebow's <laughs> face Drop kicked Urban Meyer, got him out of the SEC, won the SEC championship, and went on to win the national title. That's when that was. Did they cover that? That well, Urban, Massey, Urban, Urban, had, out, health Urban problems. had to had health step problems. away from the game because of his cocaine addiction that he called heart problems, that he was stepping out on his wife constantly, that he's an alcoholic, and that he cover up murders while murderers while they're on his team. They didn't cover any of that. No, they did cover, which was funny that I didn't know that uh, players 
all different players, whether it was on campus, in the locker room, in the weight room, they would come up to Tebow with naked lady pictures and put them in his face. And he'd be like, no, to get that away. I thought that was pretty funny. That's so cute, Tebow. Urban, you're really running. And, and they have a plaque with Tebow's speech when he's all jacked up. And he's like, we're going to go down the field and score a touchdown. Great, Tebow. I'm fired up. Way to go, dude. You stole a line from Varsity Blues. The next 30 minutes or the next 30 years of our lives. That was straight off of Varsity Blues, dude. That's Bud Kilmer. That's Moxon. That's Moxon. No, he's, Moxon says we play the next 24 minutes for the next 24 minutes. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. You're Bud right, Kilmer you're right. well, said the next 24 minutes, the next – no, next 48 minutes, next 48 years of your life. 48 of your life, yeah. Make sure it's very important. Anyway, Hollywood <laughs> live to us again. Last week it was the blind side. This show I waited for all summer, and it was disgusting. I, I'm not even going to watch it. I'm going to protest it. All right, my stuck on is uh, the Ravens in their 24-game preseason win streak on Monday night against the Commanders. Now, the Ravens have won every single preseason game for the last eight years. How many is 24 preseason games? Three or four per, per preseason. So, yeah. All right, cool. All right. I, I was semi-aware of this, but the thing I'm stuck on is – the Washington fans are so starved for success and they're so stoked about their new ownership that they celebrated like they just got a playoff berth. Yeah. Uh, did you see the did you see the handshake situation in the booth? Yeah, that was cringy with Joe Buck. That was, that was, Josh Harris and Joe Buck's hand situation. <laughs> Trey Eggman, Troy Eggman just laughed just his ass. Could not he could barely keep it together. You saw him gritting. Because Troy Eggman usually stands next to Joe Buck. And so when Joe Buck does those hand motions. He's used to Ooh. it. So to see someone yes. grab it, I bet you Troy Aikman was just shocked. It was like, whoa, don't don't touch Joe Buck. He's working right now. Oh man. It was like a soft little like, oh, oh, this or oh, he's not trying to shake my hand. Did Justin Tucker miss a kick? Is is he okay? That that didn't happen, did it? I didn't see it. It's preseason, doesn't uh, count. It doesn't count. You're correct. <laughs> All right, give me your quote slash question of the week, trainer. Uh, I'd appreciate if you kept my name out your mouth. This That's is not Will up. Smith. This is Tua talking to Ryan Clark, who Ryan Clark was saying he does not like Tebow and did not spend time in the gym this preseason, offseason. So let's give him a little, a little hate for his body, body issues. Body shaming him. Just kind of shaming him, body shaming So him. Ryan Clark did not directly address Tua. He was on NFL Live. And Ryan Clark said something along the lines that Tua looked like he skipped the gym and wasn't eating what the nutritionist was telling him. And Tua was having comments or reporters say, what are your comments about those remarks? And Tua, man, did he get fired up and say, I'd really appreciate if he kept his name out of my out of his mouth. Mm. I mean, he looked like he was heated. No, I thought he kept his composure pretty well. Ryan Clark was just playing around. I, I like Ryan Clark. I don't wish ill will upon him. He was no. probably having a good time, didn't realize what he was doing, <clears throat> and made a mistake. So I got one straight from Jerry Jones. I thought I, I thought you were going to do this one. Oh, it, oh yeah, go ahead. So Jerry Jones does a comment on Sam Williams. Sam Williams being defensive end for the Cowboys. Yeah, defensive line player uh, from from Ole Miss. He got arrested on charges of having a controlled substance and an unlawful carrying of a weapon. Now, when asked for comment, Jerry Jones brought up the fact that Sam Williams had been. Uh, cited last year for going 98 miles an hour which is a no-no can't do that mm -hmm. and jerry said this well first of all i'm seeing that he is as um but he does and well he's maturing what was he going 66 miles an hour 
So that's 34 miles an hour less than last year than this year. So 98 to 66, we call that an improvement. (laughs) It's like, all right, Jerry Jones doesn't care. Jerry, Jerry Jones does not care what his players do as long as they perform well. He kept Michael Irvin on the team, all right? Just if people are shocked by Jerry Jones and what he says and the leash that he gives his players, go back 20 years and just take a look around. Yeah, he's off by a couple miles an hour. I think he's And by 20 years, there. I mean 30 years, 40 years, whatever it was. Oh my god. Was it been is it was it 30 years ago? When we were good? Yeah. Okay, 30 years. Let's look around then. And before iPhones and all that, there was still public stuff out there about Cowboys players and Jerry Jones let those guys play. He's glass half full. And he did mention when they were out in California this year, he said something about the weed is different out here. So I think Jerry might be little puff puff pass and just like keeping it chill he just doesn't he's never cared that much but now he's even more like relaxing yeah he's like i'm old man. i got a couple years i got a couple years left i drink scotch from a shoe who cares all right last bit well, here's your go to the week let's do it quick oh kyler kyler murray what do you do what did he not do uh so the cards traded for josh dobbs mm-hmm. uh, from cleveland tennessee standout and Apparently, Tennessee standout, and apparently Kyler Murray may not play all year is a little whispers of a secret. His injury and his rehab have not gone as well as people had hoped. So my two questions are, Caleb to the desert, is that a lock? I know Caleb Williams said he doesn't – he wants to – he wants to come out of USC only knowing what the team that picks first next year is. Would he even want to come out for the Cardinals because the Cardinals are – known to be the worst franchise to play for now that the now commanders, that the commanders are changed going. ownership. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a very, that's, that's what is Kyler doing? I, that guy is highly paid and he always seems to have some sort of off the field attitude problems, like off the field drama. Yeah. He might play video games too much, but what, what are you going to, you can live with that. His pettiness is and his body language. When he looks like he gives up in the middle of a game is really bad. Yeah, and Call of, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 hits consoles Friday, November 10th. Should they ban him? Yeah, playing? yeah, and they shouldn't. If he's still hurt. Yeah, okay. Last little bit here. My goat, Kevin Hart. Apparently, he's in a wheelchair after doing a foot race with Stefan Ridley, the third-round draft pick out of LSU. Comedian? Kevin Hart, the comedian. He did a 40-yard dash against Stephen Ridley, who had a long NFL career, seven or eight years in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Um, he, he pulled, he tore some muscles in his abdomen and now he's in a wheelchair and he's made a spectacle of it. Pretty funny. All right, sports fans, that's all the time we have for you this week. We are Teton Sports Talk. Please download us wherever podcasts are available. And that is uh, uh, iTunes, Spotify, and Jeff Bezos hadn't gotten back to us about Amazon, but we'll get there. We'll get there. All right, trainer, th- thanks as always. That's it. And that's all. Awesome.